for those of you who were here earlier, go back to the momentum that you gathered earlier, the preparation for meaningful work, and hold the determination in your mind as clearly and as strongly as you can. Infuse it with all the passion that you can infuse it with. Feel your whole being resonating as if answering a call. That part of you that feels ready, feel that same readiness in the body and in the rest of the mind. Feel ready, energetically, emotionally, just by simply holding on to that determination and let it vibrate and ring throughout your being. elements within your immediate surroundings also respond. Feel their readiness to help you to achieve your goal, to achieve your aim. And look for that sense of calm, that sense of sacred space Connect with it as you find it within the immediate surroundings, a sense of tranquility. Having found it, stabilize it with a few breaths. Staying connected to that sense of tranquility. Now bring your awareness to the body. Just having your awareness sort of hover over the whole body as a whole. Remembering the sense of tranquility that you connected with. holding on to your determination. And find that same quality, that same sense of tranquility now within the body. A non-localized sense of tranquility. Stabilize it, staying connected with it, 
while observing a few breaths. Gradually find that same sense of tranquility in each part of the body, starting with the legs, moving up until you, you reach the eyes. So just hover over that part of the body, holding on to your determination, remembering the sense of connection you made with tranquility and just stay there until the sense of tranquility is felt palpably with that part of the body. Stabilize it with a few breaths, then move on to the next part and continue until you reach the top of your head.
after a time you reach the eyes, you stay connected to a sense of tranquility found first from your immediate surroundings, then within the body, then within each part of the body, until there is this palpable sense of ease within the body. And this palpable sense of ease affects the breath, bringing the breath into that space of tranquility. And simply observe the breath without any attempt to control the breath, any need to force the mind, to force the mind to focus on the breath, nor any need to chase away distractions. Simply know you are breathing in as you are breathing in, know you are breathing out as you are breathing out. holding on to your determination, staying connected with a sense of ease, a sense of tranquility. senses are picking up, whether there are memories, whether there are things happening in your immediate environment or in the body. Once you've made that determination, consider them to be aids to help you deepen your meditation. Having a palpable sense of the mind, make the intention to hold the flow of your awareness on the breath unbroken while you follow 11 cycles of breath. Still maintaining your determination, this connection to the ever deepening sense of ease. Still not forcing anything, just allowing.
be palpably aware of the tranquility that you are hearing, smelling, tasting, sensing. And from within this ever-deepening tranquility, Again, raise, bring forth your determination. What are you doing? Why are you doing it? And the means through which you will, without a doubt, achieve your aim, invoke the presence of this infallible guide. Feel the bright presence of this infallible guide in front of you at the level of your eyebrows. Express your reverence, your gratitude, and trust yourself in the protection and guidance being offered to you. And make fervent wishes to be free of your obstacles and to achieve the aim you seek to achieve in this city. back to the breath, feeling the breath that is connected more with the physical, the breath that has weight, sense of substance, the breath that has temperature, and through the awareness of that breath, become aware of the more physical body, the physical body that has weight. Substance occupies space.
evening, everyone. Welcome. Uh, okay. We have a lot of work to do, so, and I have a lot to say. <laughs> uh, so last week I went to different. Uh, I went to the Dhammapada. I went to different scriptures to sort of draw a synthesis of even though different sutras and different teachings seem to be directing you to do different things and yet they meet somewhere. Okay. Now we're supposed to be meditating on love. Uh, so I wanted to impress upon your mind and my mind the power that's, that is inherent in love. And part of cultivating the connection that we can we make with that, uh, strengthening our connection with love, uh, uh, we sort of had the foundation of it in the Dhammapada when the Buddha said uh, somewhat, uh, um, depending on what you allow to flow in your mind on a regular basis, that what will de- that's what will determine how the world rela- re- will relate to you. Okay. So if you continue to harbor thoughts of, uh, oh, this bad thing happened to me, this person did this bad to me, this person did, then this will eventually lead to a natural outcome of developing, uh, wanting to be distanced from that person, eventually developing strongly into hatred, and eventually uh, you may want to act out of that hatred. And that beautiful part in the Dhammapada when the Buddha says that uh, uh, hatred is not uh, conquered by hatred, it's conquered by love. Okay. So if you want to get rid of whatever uh, uncomfortable, dissatisfactory experience you're having, hatred is not going to help you get, solve it. It's only going to make it worse. If you really want to get rid of it, you have, to, you have to start connecting with love. And how do you make sure you make that connection stays strong? It depends on what you allow, what you entertain in your mind, what kind of guess you allow in the in the room of your mind. Okay. All right. So, to help us with the consideration, what kind of consideration you're supposed to have in your mind? I'm I'm going now to read from Vimalakirti Nidersha Sutra. Okay. That's uh, I think it's uh, I don't know from from how. Uh, Robert Thurman speaks uh, about, I think it's Robert Thurman's favorite sutra. Uh, In the sutra, there's a lot of beautiful things that are sort of like dispelled. One of the, uh, Vimalakirti is a bodhisattva. He's supposed to live around the time of the Buddha. And he's this great practitioner and he's not ordained. He's not a monk. So the idea that only those who are ordained can achieve uh, uh, spiritual realizations, so we sort of dismiss that. And also around that time, there was this, uh, you know, a lot of superstitions. One of them was, or oh, women also, if, if a, a person in a woman's body cannot achieve much uh, uh, spiritual realizations. And in that same sutra, and uh, again, uh, I, I think, so the Vimalakirti Anidesha Sutra is a bunch of disciples of the Buddha go to visit Vimanakilti, who pretends to be sick. 
So the Buddha said, oh, so such and such a Bodhisattva is sick. We should all, uh, we should go pay him a visit. And almost everyone is saying, oh, I can't, I, I can't go, go visit that guy. That guy, you know, uh, he, he, he confuses me. When, I'm, when I ask him a question, he goes into this deep philosophical stuff. He gets me all, all, all gets, gets me lost. So I, I'm not worthy to pay him a visit. And eventually, Manjushri is the only one who's, <laughs> who's, who's worthy of actually leading a, a group of people to go pay him, pay Vimalakirti a, a, a visit on behalf of the Buddha. And while there, of course, you have, I don't know how they all fit, but <laughs> they all fit into his living room or, in, or, or by his bed, uh, and the, all the different kinds of people there, and then people are asking questions, and then I think uh, Ananda said something, oh, that's a, that's a woman, what is that woman doing here? And the Vimala Kilti on a suit, uh, and the lady said uh, oh, something that sort of put uh, Ananda in his place. <laughs> This, uh, this superstition you have that uh, that only men can achieve uh, certain realizations uh, basically tells you that that's false. And you say, I'm an example. I'm higher than you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> In realizations. Okay. So all these people are having a party at uh, Vibhanakirti's house. And, of course, this is going to be a teaching. And Manjushri now is about to impart a teaching to the people uh, uh, attending in the form of asking Vimalakirti, engaging Vimalakirti in what seems to be very simple questions. How are you? Are you feeling better? How's the sickness? How's the body doing? And Vimalakirti now, instead of answering what seems to be very simple questions, he goes into, uh, into uh, deep, profound teachings. Okay? So how is this connected? This is connected to what we're doing somehow. Okay? <laughs> so I'm going to read a little bit from there. So uh, Manjushri asked uh, Vimala, uh, Bodhisattva Vimalakirti, how should one, how should a Bodhisattva regard all living beings? Okay, how should they regard all living beings? That is, when this is what I, this is connected to what we were talking, what we were talking about from the Dhammapada. What kind of thought should go in your mind when you are considering, when you are relating with a, a, a sentient being? And and Vimalakirti answers. It's a very long answer, but I'm going to just go to the, uh, the bottom of it. Uh, Manjushri, a Bodhisattva should regard all living beings as a wise man regards the reflection of the moon in water, like the unproduced passions of an emanated incarnation of the Tathagata. The Tathagata is another word for the Buddha. Like dream visions seen after waking, when I'm uh, uh, giving you these uh, answers that Vimalakirti is giving, try to see exactly what he is pointing you to see. You understand what I'm saying? I'm not saying that try to figure out what he's trying to say, but as he's speaking, look exactly at what he's pointing to. Okay? like the existence of desire, hatred, and folly in a saint. Like the passions of one who is free of conceptualizations. Like, like fire burning without fuel 
like the reincarnation of one who has attained ultimate liberation. Precisely thus, Manjushri, does a Bodhisattva who realizes the ultimate selflessness consider all beings. Okay. <laughs> what was he pointing to? Can you, can you, were you able to see what he was pointing to? What color was it? What, what, what sound did it make? This thing that he was pointing to. Okay? So he said, in that way you should consider all living beings. And of course, Manjushri is asking as a response to that, well, if that's how he's supposed to view all, all, uh, all living beings, and a Bodhisattva is supposed to be working for the, or for the welfare of all living beings, then how does he generate great love towards them? Now, he seems to be connected, right? <laughs> how does he generate great love towards them, who are nothing but like the fire burning without fuel? And this is what, what is what's going to touch you a little bit. Manjushri, this is now Vimalakilti answering. Manjushri, when Bodhisattva considers all living beings in this way, he thinks, just as I have realized the Dharma, so should I teach it to all living beings. Thereby he generates the love that is truly the refuge for all living beings. The love that is peaceful because free of grasping and it continues a very long list of what does it mean by love? What does it mean by love? So love free of grasping, love that is not feverish, love that accords with reality, Lord that it, uh, love that is equanimous, equanimous, love that is non-dual, thereby he generates the love that is firm, its high res resolve unbreakable, like a diamond, the love that is pure, purified in its intrinsic nature, the love that is even, its aspirations being equal, the saint's love that has eliminated its enemy, the bodhisattva's love that continuously develops living being, the tathagata's love that understands reality, the Buddha's love that causes living beings to awaken from their sleep, the love that is spontaneous because it is fully enlightened spontaneously. The love that is enlightenment because it is unity of experience. So, I'm not going to go into every single one of them, but sort of get the picture. The love that is happiness because it introduces living beings to the happiness of the Buddha. The love that is without deceit because it is not artificial. Such, Manjushri, is the great love of a Bodhisattva. And Manjushri continues, there's one, one thing that he says here, I think is very important. What is the equanimity of the Bodhisattva who loves this way? It is what benefits both self and others. Okay. 
I have some more things to read. I said I had a lot of stuff to say. I hope you're able to keep keep up. <laughs> now, when Manjushri first went to uh, the first question, one of the first questions that Manjushri asked me about Akilti was you know, about his sickness, right? Hey, you're a bodhisattva. How come you're sick? What makes a bodhisattva sick? And, and the Malaki answers. Manjushi, my, my sickness comes from ignorance and the thirst for existence. And it will last as long as do the sicknesses of all living beings. And there's something here that he says. I think a lot of us feel and are afraid of we are afraid to dive into compassion completely. We are afraid to dive into love completely. Because when we, dip out, when we dipped our toes into it, we felt it. And we thought there was something wrong. And we sort of misunderstood the whole thing about love. Maybe it's something that we should get rid of altogether. There's something weak about it. But here's what he says. Why is a bodhisattva sick? You ask me, Manjushri, when, whence comes my sickness? The, sickness of, the sicknesses of the bodhisattvas arise from great compassion. And this is what I've been trying to point to uh, a few times. When you feel great compassion, you also sometimes feel great pain. And because of misunderstanding of, uh, of this thing called wisdom, we think that there's something wrong. We shouldn't be feeling pain when we are feeling great compassion. This capacity to feel this kind of pain is a great blessing. This capacity to feel this kind of pain is a sign of spiritual advancement. Because this kind of pain is urging the, the Bodhisattva to fulfill the aim of love. There's another pain that we feel when we are selfish. This kind of pain forces us to continue to fulfill the aim of selfishness. But when you feel compassion and then there's pain, what you're feeling is... Uh, remember, this is... Vimalakiti uh, said, I am sick because sentient beings are sick. Okay. So it's not like it's his sickness because he did something wrong and now he's reaping the, the bad karma of, of it, reaping the result of the bad karma. This, this pain is knowledge. This pain is telling him, yes, this is what sentient beings are going through. You are knowing it. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a uh, hypothesis. It's not an abstraction. This is what they are going through. Now you are knowing it. And because of your compassion, you are knowing it. That's why it's so painful. Because that's what they're going through. Okay. There's a big difference between uh, having sympathy for someone and, not, and where the sympathy doesn't really move you to action. Because you don't really appreciate what they're going through. But when you actually have a sense in your own being of what they're going through, 
when you feel great pain because of your connection with them. This pain makes you do what pain uh, makes people do. It makes you act. It makes you want to remove it. And since this great pain is not inside Vimala Kilti, so it doesn't matter how much medicine he takes, it's not going to remove it. He has to act from his compassion. He has to act from his love. He has to go and help sentient beings. That's the only way to get rid of this sickness. That's the only way to get rid of this pain. So when you are loving and you feel pain, you should rejoice that you have this incredible capacity to feel pain that is not yours. Okay. To be able to know how exactly how someone else is feel, how someone else feels. It's, it's a blessing. And you even know it when two people passing by uh, uh, someone who is suffering and one feels agony because of, they see the other person suffering and the, one, the other one is asking about, uh, oh, what's the latest uh, fashion? What do, you, what do you think about the spiritual uh, uh, qualities of those two? You, you don't say that the one who doesn't feel any pain, oh, that must be a high bodhisattva, he doesn't feel any pain. And the one who's feeling agony must, oh, what bad karma that person must have done to feel this agony. You don't say that. You know already that's because this person is higher spiritually than the other one. That's why he's able to feel pain. It was walking nicely, not feeling anything, all of a sudden there's this pain. And the other one, no, dif- no, no, nothing happens to the other one. Okay. So, be proud that you can feel pain when you're seeking to, when you're loving. And know it's connected. And this very pain that you're able to feel for someone else will drive you to find the, the, the answer that is needed. Okay. And one last thing I'm going to read from Vimana Kilti. It's, uh, uh, so, when the Buddha was asking his disciples, oh, go, go visit Vimana Kilti on, on, on my behalf. And they kept saying, oh, not me, not me, I'm not worthy. Not me, not me, I'm not worthy. And they, they would, then they would say, why I'm not worthy? No, I, I, I met that guy already, and this is what happened. So, one of the disciples of the Buddha went to, only was on his way to do what is called a great, sacri- a great sacrifice. It's like, uh, you know, when you're making, uh, and, and I like this one in particular because every once in a while I, I point to it uh, because of the danger of using the Mahayana to achieve what is called Hinayana goals or danger of using Mahayana to achieve material uh, mundane goals. Okay, there's a danger. You say, uh, you're practicing this very high practice that's supposed to take you to Buddhahood, but you're really using it so you can, you know, become, you know, increase your fame or something. Okay. And especially this uh, this, uh, erroneous idea of thinking that I'm going to become a Buddha so that I don't have to see anybody suffering. I don't have to be involved with seeing people suffering, you know, seeing... uh, uh, people suffering on the street or things like that. I'll be in a world where everybody is very pretty and beautiful and I don't have to deal with that stuff anymore. Okay? Only in a Buddha field what can I do with that. That's not the, that's not the aim of a, of a Bodhisattva. Okay? And aiming for that is, makes you a Hinayanis. That is, someone who is aspiring to their own, their, just their own uh, spiritual well, well-being. Okay? Okay. And then along with that, there's this people looking, okay, what's the, what's the 
best way for me to accumulate the, the most powerful kind of merit so I can get the Kutub Rahud as fast as possible. So I have to deal with these beggars. Okay. And you hear, you have to make, uh, you have to fa- practice the, the paramitas. And one of the paramitas is the paramita of uh, charity. Okay. Okay. All right. I, pra- I want to practice charity. What's the most powerful object that I can have to practice charity with? So you see somebody you know, on the street who's, who's in desperate need. You pass them by. Oh no, that's a very low person. Uh, giving to that person is not going to make me. It's not going to give me a lot of merit. So you go give. Uh, you go make your charity to a big organization that has a big name. Because it's gonna give you big merit, okay. So here's Vimala Kirti now uh, uh, addressing this person about who's gonna, in his way, to make a big, a big sacrifice. You know, basically, you know, a big, char- a big donation. Okay. So after Vimala Kirti sets the person straight, then the person was amazed by this teaching that he received from Vimala Kirti. And he had this very, very expensive uh, pearl ne- necklace. Yes, uh, men wore pearl necklace back then. <laughs> very expensive pearl necklace. And he offered it to Vimala Kirti. And Vimala Kirti refused it. And he said, I offer this on behalf of all sentient beings. Then Vimala Kirti uh, accepted it. And as soon as Vimala Kirti accepted it, he split it, in, he took it, he split it in half. Half of it, he, gave, he, he looked for the... Uh, this is, not at, remember, this is not at the time of the, when he's pretending to be sick. This is, what, this is an earlier occasion when he happened to have met Vimana Kirti. Vimana Kirti took half of the pearls and he gave it to a, the, uh, the, the poorest, dirtiest person that he could find. And then he took the other half of the pearl and he went into some, in some meditation uh, and then he gave it to a Buddha. And then but through his miraculous powers, he was, able, he was able to let others see that, that he was actually giving the other half of the, the pearl necklace to a Buddha. And then this, this people are confused. Is that the highest object of, uh, of doing charity, the, the Buddha? Why are you giving it to this low person who is you know, poor and dirty and walking the street? And then this is Vimalakirti's answer. Then Vimalakirti took the pearls and divided them into two halves. He gave one half to, of them to the lowliest poor in the city who had been disdained by those present at the, at the sacrifice. You know, those kind of people when you go to church, probably this, a lot of you probably experience that. The person who's not so dressed nicely is all the way in the back. Everybody who's dressed very nicely is all the way in the front and comparing to see, oh, nice shoes. <laughs> okay. So the other half he offered to the Tathagata and as he performed a miracle such as all present beheld the, the, the world where this Tathagata left, uh, lived and he offered the, the, the pearl to him. On, and da 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 ba ba boom okay. <laughs> okay. Having shown such a miracle, Vimanakiti said, the giver who makes gifts to the lowliest poor of the city considering them as worthy of offering in the same way as a tathagata is worthy of making offering to. The giver who gives without any discrimination, impartially, with no exception, of, with, with no expectation of reward, and with great love. See, love, 
loves you coming back. <laughs> this giver, I say, totally fulfills the Dharma sacrifice. Okay? So, if anyone had any doubts about when I kept saying, uh, kept talking about those kinds of things, here's scripture for you. <laughs> okay? All right. So, how's this got to do with everything that we've been doing? So the last meditation we did was a meditation where we were uh, focusing and aspiring to be able to love in the way that we, we've witnessed, the way that we, as, we uh, uh, um, uh, the way that we admire. Either we saw someone or we know of someone who has loved in a way that really blew our mind and we say, oh, we'd like to love this way. So we, we make that prayer, aspiring for that. Now, uh, this was supposed to be the main topic, and all this is supposed to be the introduction to it, but I'm not going to keep you long. <laughs> but, it's, but I guess next time uh, we meet, I'll, 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 I'll talk about it. Uh, it's, I mentioned last time we'll talk a little bit, I'll talk a little bit about personal love. But uh, I'll just mention this. I'm very confused. <laughs> uh, uh, why, people, why people make divide love into, oh, this is the worldly kind of love, personal love, you only have it for one person, or you know, the kind that you, know, you, you throw in the, the trash after you finish with it, and this is this other kind of love that's supposed to be eternal, transcendental, you should have for everyone. Uh, I can't get my mind around it. I have no idea what they're talking about. To me, there's only there's just love. You either have it, or you don't. Or you either express it, or you don't. Okay? Um, and the confusion was raised once uh, uh, by a friend of mine who we were having a conversation about why do people, and it's, it's, a, it's a question that I, I have also, why is it that two people who are very much in love, who would kill for the other, who swears that they can't live without the other, and after some time, they're at each other's throat. They can't stand being in each other's presence. And I have to ask myself, didn't they say they, were in, they loved each other? How come now they're saying the opposite? So I have to ask myself, did they really love each other? And that's the question I have to ask myself. So, because uh, the way I understand love, the way The way I understand love is once you love someone, that's it. You're stuck forever. <laughs> Even if you don't live in the same space anymore. If you had real love, it, 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 it can't just suddenly disappear. It cannot transform into its opposite. Uh, 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 I find that to be impossible. Uh, yes, you can... love someone and what they call move on and still love that person. 
I don't know, am I being stupid or something because I'm not having enough experience? <laughs> <laughs> and once you love someone, uh, once you connect with someone in, in, in that way, it's because I think the reason that uh, love arises is because you make a, a connection at a very deep level with that person. And at some level, you come to know that person at a very, very profound, very significant level. And it, it's not that uh, as you continue to live with this person and you go dig, dig deeper and you suddenly found something else. Remember, it, it's, you make connection at the deepest level with that person. And that's why the love arises. And the person may manifest things that are uh, that your personality may not agree with, that you may not get along with, but you, uh, to, for that to one day equal, I don't love this person anymore, I just can't understand that. Uh, it's like, for me, it's like once you say I love you, it's a contract that lasts for eternity. You can't break that contract. Even if you wanted to break that contract, you can't. It's not like you're forced to stay in a relationship that you don't want to be with. It's not, I'm not talking about uh, uh, love being in that sense. Um, and I think when you love at the real level, the way that Vimana Kitty was describing, those, with ha having those qualities, uh, And I think you can make a distinction between love and like, where the love was sort of like uh, what we're calling personal love was sort of manifesting into a personal relationship with, with, between, between uh, two people. And then that, uh, that kind of uh, manifestation or dynamic or that kind of, uh, uh, I would say, a manifestation of the love uh, uh, no fades, where you find out that maybe, uh, and that's because of of of, of uh, comic connections that you have with with certain people. You have some certain comic connection with certain people because of what you studied in the past and some uh, past life. You find yourself uh, having a, a loving relationship with someone, okay. and then you use that as a as a. Is it, um, a catapult to get into a, 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 a personal relationship with that person. And because it is based on just things that just happened in the past, then of course it will eventually may, eventually may, not definitely, may, may fade away. And you have this connection with a lot of people, with many people. But what the love doesn't go away. Love remains. It's like uh, uh, you discovered a, 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 a diamond-like bond with this person, okay? And because and through this diamond-like bond, you establish a, a, a particular kind of manifestation, particular kind of of of, uh, of um, rela relating with that person. It could be okay now. Well, whether you want to or not, but <laughs> it's not your, necessarily your choice. 
Now we are a parent and child. Now we are friends. Now we are lovers. Okay. But it's like I probably have have this experience in, in in your family where you fight like almost to the point of almost killing each other. But you will never say well, I don't know, uh, some people probably do say that. <laughs> but you never come to the point where you say, I completely hate this person. I mean, there's still, you still feel, I, lo- I love this person, even though you just had a fight where you almost killed each other. That's what I'm talking about. So, so the debate I was having with my friend is that those people who were madly in love with each other confessed their love to, to the whole world, and now they're confessing their hate for each other to the whole world. And I have, to, I have to say, ah, they didn't really know each other, one. Or they only saw uh, an image that, was, that existed in their own mind. They never really connected with the person. So, since this person is not exactly just what they, uh, this image that's in their mind, and this person is not, you know, seems to be, you know, it's like uh, by some accident, the image and the person seem to fit, but the image is static, but the person is not, and the person keeps moving away from that image, and then this, this thing comes out. And what happened to this person? <laughs> Say this is the person I love. I don't know you. <laughs> where, where are you coming from? <laughs> okay. So, if you are able to make a deep connection with a person, even though you uh, find out that ah, the love that we have for each other, either this form that it took, it outgrew it, or it is no longer manifesting, needs to manifest in this way, then we then we can uh, either have this form with other people, but love is still there, I think. <laughs> should still be there, I think. And, and I think maybe that's why, uh, maybe I'm weird or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, when uh, Geshe Michael asked me, uh, 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 who is your enemy, I find that to be a very strange question. Um, yes, there are people who irritate me. There are people who, uh, of course, I irritate. <laughs> and uh, but I focus. I, I have focused more on. I focus more with those people that, that I've made the connection with, the connection of love with. If I have not yet made the connection of love with someone, that's someone I have to. To me, that's uh, that's that's the project that I have to work on. Now I have to establish this love connection with this person. And then it manifests. It may before that connection is made, there may be there may be appearances of animosity. There may be appearances of of uh, uh, wishing to hurt one another. But it's because this love has not been connection has not been made yet. And once the connection is made, the person may completely change. They may find me completely repulsive. <laughs> but strangely enough, I I can never find myself. Maybe I, I'm just a coward or something. I can never find myself to say, to say, I don't like this person, once I've said, I love this person. Okay. And I think, uh, if I can live in this uh, uh, delusion, <laughs> and I think it, it helps me at least 
in a illusion, uh, even if it's just an illusion, uh, um, with my how I relate with others. So maybe other people can also copy this delusion, pick up on this delusion. Okay. So uh, my um, my. Uh, I always tell, uh, I always about when somehow this opportunity, when this, let's call it opportunity, event, uh, well, once I love you, uh, I'm sorry, you're stuck with me forever. Okay. <laughs> no matter what you do, you can never make me not love you anymore. Because, um, you could say I've seen the light. <laughs> you can't make you can't make me say I didn't see it. Okay. So whoever I love can never fear that I will never that I there will come a time I will not love them anymore. Okay. And I'm not afraid of uh, of it. Okay. Oh, I don't know if this this Jimara Kitty was talking about, but I think I'm I think I'm right. <laughs> And if I'm crazy, I'll discover it later. <laughs> okay. So all that comes from how you consider, the kind of thoughts that you have when you're considering others. And uh, somewhere in the Marakiti, in the very beginning, in the, in the, in the sutra, the Marakiti is uh, praising the Buddha. And one of the lines where he's praising the Buddha, he says, I... I Something like, I bow to you who love those who even don't love you. And these things always, you know, makes me. <laughs> okay, all right. So, meditation. So I want you to do a, uh, what is called uh, when you're seeing a, a well, take yourself into an event where that is difficult for you, difficult <coughs> in the sense of difficult of being connected to love. Okay, Be in a situation or with a person for you, it's difficult to love, difficult to have compassion for. Okay, now you're in meditation, you're not in actually in front of that person, you don't have to worry about uh, the fear that comes with the pain of the compassion, the pain that's connected with loving. Okay, you don't have to be afraid of that. You probably don't want to have somebody else's, someone's pain that you don't love yet. Okay, so don't worry about that. Don't, 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 don't let the fear uh, interfere. Don't let the fear interfere. Okay? So you're going to see yourself in that situation. And you're going to make a switch. Think of somebody that you already love, that's easy for you to love, and then hold on to the love and then bring that person in, 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 in its place and try to hold on to the love that you have for the other person. And you may have to tell your mind you know, different things. You have to, oh, this person suffers the same way, this person uh, um, uh, 
has the same hap- wish for happiness, the person is under delusion, and if, you, if, it's something, if it's a harm that that person did to you that makes it difficult for you to feel connected lovingly with that person, then think of, oh, this person was under, 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 no, under the force of bad karma, that's why this person did it, this person... No, try to use reason if it's difficult for you to make the, to make the switch. Okay? So you're going to hold on to your love and bring the person and see, or even see the, uh, see the event or see the scene when the person uh, is present and then see yourself relating with that person out of concern for their welfare. You, even, you even say to tell yourself, oh, it's because this person is not loved. It's because I'm, I'm not loving this person. That's why this person is such a jerk. <laughs> okay. It's because this person is... Uh, um, uh, what was that? Doesn't have a, a happiness, some, some kind of happiness. That's why this person is like that. And try to have a genuine sense of concern for that person. And first, first thing you have to do is put an artificial smile, <laughs> and then continue. Okay. <laughs> All right. So first, go into that tranquil state. After you've reconnected to that tranquility, stabilize it by observing five cycles of breath. After the stabilization, then go to that presence in front of you, who's going to definitely help you achieve your aim. Make a fervent prayer to love, and then bring that presence into your heart and then begin the meditation.
extend this love to all beings. And let us focus on our chosen area and make a dedication. Slowly become aware of the breath again, the breath that has warmth and coolness and weight. Through the awareness of the breath in this way, become aware of the body, starting with the crown of the head. Include more and more until you're aware of the whole body, from the crown of your head to your feet. I won't be here for the next two Fridays, but uh, there will be meditation going on on Fridays. I think uh, John. Did, did he say he can do it? Because he said I don't know. he might be able to do it. He might be able. Well, there will still be. I'll ask him. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I won't be here for the next two Fridays, and I'll come back. Okay. So we'll have some meditation. We'll have some meditation, yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you. Mm-hmm.